Good morning, everyone. I am Pastor David. Hope you are doing well during this holiday season. And uh, this is a time of the year where you know, families and friends visit us and uh, and to celebrate the holidays together. So if you are visiting with us for the first time, I, I would like to extend a special welcome to you. Welcome. Hope you feel uh, loved and cared for by the members of this congregation that perhaps you were greeted in the, as you came in. And you are hopefully sitting with somebody that knows the church as well. Now, if you are, in fact, a visitor, I, I would like to point you, hopefully you got a bulletin as you came in. The top portion where there's a picture that says the giver, welcome. And if you turn to the back, it's the, what we call the connection card. It's a perforated section uh, of, the, of the bulletin. You could actually tear this off. And so if you would make your presence known to us that you are here, that you... You're part of this congregation this morning. We would appreciate that. And when the offering plate passes by later on in the worship service, please take the time to fill out and put it in the offering plate. And also, if you have any questions about the church or any prayer requests that we could pray about, we would welcome that as well. Uh, Again, I want to say something else, too, that you are our guest this morning. So please do not feel any pressure whatsoever to give financially uh, financially to this church. In fact, this connection card would suffice. Okay, so I want to welcome, extended welcome to all of you who are visiting with us this morning. I want to begin the sermon with the statement that's on the big screen that you will see in a minute. And I wrote this statement, so, you know, it may not be, uh, it, it wouldn't have any beauty to it. But this is the statement. See if you agree with it or disagree with it. In gift giving... Not only what we give, but how we give also matters. Because how we give does convey a message. Maybe even multiple messages to the recipients. Do you agree? How many of you agree? All right. How many of you disagree? Nobody. So I guess this sermon is going to be very easy. (laughs) So, yeah. How we give is just as important as what we give. And this morning, in continuing our sermon series, The Giver, we are focusing on the giver, the one who gives the gift as opposed to the gift itself. I want to focus on how God the Father gave his son Jesus, as his gift to the world, and what message or messages he conveyed to us through that. He gave Jesus as his gift to the world, that's the what. But he gave him in a certain way, and that's the how. And if we agree, not only what we give, but also how we give matters, then the way in which God the Father gave Jesus as his gift to the world matters. And there was a message or sometimes multiple messages attached to the way in which he gave that gift to us. So in order to do that, I really want to focus on two verses that was read to us from the Gospel of Luke chapter 2. And you heard that read. And here are the two verses that I want to focus on. Verses 7 and 12. In verse 7 we read, And she, referring to Mary, Gave birth to her firstborn son, referring to Jesus, 
and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. God the Father, through Mary, chose to give his son Jesus as the gift to the world by wrapping him in swaddling clothes and laying him in a manger. That's how he gave him to us. Then in verse 12, the the angels are speaking to the shepherds who are watching their flock at night in the field. And here's what the angel says. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. So this idea of God the Father wrapping his son Jesus Christ in swaddling clothes and laying in a manger, that's how he chose to give his son as a gift to this world. And that is repeated twice in those verses. So the question is, what message did God the Father convey to the world? What message did God the Father convey to the world? After lots of reading, studying, researching, and all of those, I found three, at least three messages, perhaps there are more, three messages that God conveyed to the world by giving his son, Jesus, in this manner. So the first message is this. God the Father conveys that Jesus is his legitimate son. The son of God. And the emphasis here is he was his legitimate son. The word legitimate is the emphasis there. You see, in the ancient world, there was nothing unusual about swaddling a newborn baby. Nothing special. It was a widely practiced thing in the ancient world. Everybody did it to their newborn babies. Now up on the screen, you would find a swaddled baby. This is the best I was able to do. But it's not the way that we see it. You know, when, 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 we, when we bring a newborn baby out of the hospital, you know, they wrap it in a cloth and you know, bring it to us and all of that. That's not how it was done. The swaddling cloth kind of looked like this. Now, this is a bandage. It is elastic and therefore I could stretch, but they didn't have these kinds of elastic materials, so it's simply a cloth, but usually about four to six inches wide. In fact, I measured this. This was about four and a half or five. So this is how it looked. And usually about 15 to 18 feet long. And so, you know, as you, as you throw that out, you know, this, uh, this can be very long. And oh, if you run out of the, if this is not enough, you go to the second one. <laughs> right? And, 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 and basically you wrap it the way that you saw it from head to toe. And that's what swaddling is. Here's another thing. Both rich and poor swaddled their kids. So this is not, you know, Jesus being swaddled was not a sign of poverty. In fact, Jesus was born into poverty, but rich and poor alike did it in the ancient world, and therefore this was not a sign of poverty. In other words, Jesus being wrapped in swaddling clothes 
was very common and very ordinary for that day. So what's the big deal? What, what exactly God the Father was doing by wrapping Jesus in swaddling clothes? Nothing special. It was ordinary. It was common. But here's the most, perhaps the important thing is this. However, if Jesus had not been swaddled, it would have been very, very significant. Because it would have conveyed a message that Jesus was illegitimate and abandoned. That's the key. If he had not been swaddled, people would have treated him as illegitimate son and also an abandoned child. Now in case you are wondering why I am saying this, where in the world did David get this idea? And here's where it's coming from. It's coming from Ezekiel chapter 16. Verses 6 through 7. In these verses, God was speaking to the nation of Israel about the abandoned and desperate state in which he found them. And here it is, beginning in verse 4. As for your birth, Israel, speaking to Israel, on the day you were born, your cord was not cut, nor were you washed with water to cleanse you, nor rubbed with salt, nor wrapped in swaddling clothes. Notice the word. Words, swaddling clothes. God continues in verse 5. No, I pity you to do any of these things to you out of compassion for you. But you are cast out on the open field, for you are abhorred on the day that you were born. And when I, the Lord your God, passed you and saw you wallowing in your blood, I said to you, in your blood, live. It repeats, I said to you, in your blood, live. I made you flourish like a plant of the field, and you grew up and became tall and arrived at full adornment. So from these verses, we learn that when infants are born, their umbilical cords are cut and tied. The baby is then washed with water, gently rubbed with powdered salt and oil sometimes, and then swaddled. The ancient believe, ancients believe that swaddling kept the newborn child warm. Furthermore, it conveyed the message to others, onlookers, that this child is legitimate and not abandoned. In other words, an illegitimate child would not be swaddled. Instead, such a child would be placed in an open field, and the lack of swaddling is a sign that the child had been legally abandoned, and anyone interested could claim the child. And that's what God is saying in this Ezekiel passage regarding the nation of Israel. On the day you were born, your cord was not cut, you were not cleansed with water, nor rubbed with salt, nor wrapped in swaddling clothes, you were cast out in an open field, 
In other words, you are abandoned, legally abandoned. And I, the Lord your God, came and claimed you and made you into a great nation. Now, why is this important? Because people in Jesus' day, before his birth, while Mary was pregnant, after his birth, well into his life, including religious leaders such as the Pharisees and Sadducees, accused Jesus of being illegitimate, born out of wedlock. Because his mother Mary was a virgin, not married at the time of his conception. Furthermore, these leaders of the day, including some people of the day, could not bring themselves to accept Jesus' conception was miraculous. That he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. So by swaddling Jesus, God puts an end to that saying, he is the legitimate son of mine. Not illegitimate or abandoned. As a matter of fact, God would, God the Father would affirm, affirm this one more time at Jesus' baptism, saying, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. So that's the first message that God the Father. By wrapping his son Jesus in swaddling clothes as he gave him as a gift to us. Says, he is my son. He is a legitimate son. And therefore fully God. That's the first message. The second message is this. Jesus is fully human in every sense of the word. Jesus is fully human in every sense of the word. You see, in the ancient world, people believed that swaddling or wrapping infants tightly in place Help their limbs grow straighter. Now, let's put up the swaddled baby again. And the, the, again, you see the hands are like this, and the legs are close by, and from head to toe, this, this kid is tightly swaddled, tightly held in place. And what happens? The baby is like a mummy, M-U-M-M-Y, meaning the baby couldn't move. Couldn't move his, his, his or her hand or legs or whatever. It's like this, right? Similarly, being wrapped in swaddling clothes, Jesus couldn't move. In other words, as Jesus, the legitimate son of God, the father, entered humanity, he experienced all of its trappings, bindings, and limitations. Right? He became fully human 
in every sense of the word. In fact, one article that I read put it this way. This simple image of Jesus, God's gift to us being wrapped in swaddling clothes, comforts me with the powerful truth. He joins me where I am caught. He understands the bindings on my body, mind, and soul as only someone who has a shared experience can. I need a savior who I know understands my struggles in a personal way. In a congregation like this, there are people who are trapped, who are bound, who are limited in many different ways. Some of you might be going through very, very serious illnesses. Jesus understands that. Some of you might be going through struggles of various kinds, whether that happens to be struggles with marriage, struggles with your children, all kinds of things. Jesus understands that. He understands all our limitations, all our trappings, all our bindings. Because he came into the world fully human in every sense of the word. So, so far, God the Father has communicated to us two things by swaddling his child, Jesus, when he was born. The first one is that he is my legitimate son, the son of God. And second, he is fully human in every sense of the word. In other words, he may have come from heaven, as my son, as fully God, but he is human in every sense of the word. In fact, this is where the theology comes from. You know, Jesus is fully God and fully man. 100% God, 100% man, and both of those add to 100% God and man. And he understands all the things that we are going through, sufferings and struggles and bindings and trappings and limitations. Now there's a third message that God the Father conveys by wrapping his son Jesus in swaddling clothes and laying in a manger. Now again, Let's recap here. We have already seen two things that the ancient believed about swaddling. The first is it kept the newborn baby warm. Second, by restricting the movement of arms and legs, it helped the baby's limbs grow straighter. Here's the third benefit. Because swaddling restricted the movement of arms and legs, the infants could not hurt themselves. For example, you know, by moving their arms and legs, you know, scratching their face or any part of the skin or whatever, they could, uh, poking, the, uh, poking the eye and all of that, the infants could not hurt themselves. The swaddling kept the infants injury free. It turns out, the lambs 
that were intended for sacrificing at the temple in Jerusalem were treated the same way. That is immediately after their birth, the shepherds would wrap them in swaddling clothes and place in a manger, a feeding trough for animals. Why did they do that? In order to calm the baby down, baby lamb down, and to make sure that they did not injure themselves by falling or thrashing around because the law of Moses required that the sacrificial lambs be perfect without spot or blemish. So apparently this was a common practice. Again, notice that that these shepherds who went to, who saw the angels and went to see Jesus, it says in the same region. Jesus was born in Bethlehem and in the same region. And let's suppose that these shepherds were the ones who gave sacrificial lambs to the temple in Jerusalem. The between Bethlehem and Jerusalem was about 6.4 miles. So it was not a far, a far distance. And some commentaries suggest perhaps the shepherds who saw the angels that day may have been giving unblemished, perfect, spotless lambs for sacrifices in the temple. And therefore they would have done this. Swaddled the lamb and put it in a manger. It separated the newly born lamb from any other lamb so they couldn't hurt the newly born lamb. Moreover, because they are swaddled, they couldn't hurt themselves. And therefore they can remain Perfect, spotless, and unblemished. So, what did God the Father do? Wrapped his newborn son in swaddling clothes and placed him in a manger. What's the message? He is perfect. Spotless and unblemished. And just like the lambs who were sacrificed to take away the sins of Israel, here is Jesus, perfect, spotless, and unblemished, has come to take away the sins of the world. Let's let us let it sink that sink in our hearts and minds for a moment. So let me summarize all that I have said so far. Again, not only what we give, but how he, we give also matters. Because how we give communicates or conveys. A message, in some cases, multiple messages to the recipients. And here's God the Father made sure that he wrapped his son Jesus in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger as he presented him as the gift to the world and he communicated three messages. He is my legitimate son. He was not abandoned. He was not illegitimate. As the people were saying, he was legitimate. Son of God. Fully God. He is mine. He is from me. 
And the second message is that, again, because of the limitations, he came into the world with all the human trappings and bindings and limitations into the world. He is fully human in every sense of the word, and therefore he is able to identify with all that we human beings go through in this fallen world. And the third thing is that he has come to be this perfect spotless and unblemished lamb that would be sacrificed and as a result would take away the sins of the world. Now, perhaps, it's, I think it's a right to wonder if people who lived in Jesus' day understood all of this or not. We have no idea. The Bible says that Jesus' mother Mary treasured up all of these things in, and, and pondered them in her heart. She knew that something was different, but probably did not get the whole picture. And therefore she pondered, the, treasured these things and pondered them in her heart. Now some commentaries argue strongly, by the way, you know, I read so much of it, I, I, I was convinced in some sense that some commentaries argue that shepherds who met the angels in the field would have understood it. As providers of sacrificial lamb for the temple in Jerusalem, they would have immediately picked up the significance of swaddled Jesus in a manger because they have done it. They have been doing it. Other commentaries say, the audience of the Luke's gospel, which was written after Jesus' resurrection. So Jesus came to the world. He lived among us, proclaimed the good news of the gospel, the kingdom of God, and he cast out demons and healed people. And then he was put to death on the cross and he, he was laid in the tomb. And then he rose again on the third day and ascended to the Father. And all of that had happened by the time Luke wrote this gospel about Jesus. So some commentaries argue that these people would have understood it, that just as the swaddled lambs in a major served as sacrifices for the sins of Israel, the swaddled Jesus, the Son of God, is in a manger, is now the sacrifice to take away the sins of the world. Now, regardless of where we land in this, one thing is clear, that those of us who live now some 2,000 plus years later know for certain that Jesus was all of that. Legitimate son of God, fully God. Fully human, experiencing all of our human limitations and trappings and bindings. And that we know now, yes, Jesus was the perfect, spotless, unblemished, sacrificial lamb that took away the sins of the people once and for all. No more sacrifices needed. We know that. You will see a photo of Jesus. This is probably how he would have looked. In the tomb. At his death. As the perfect 
spotless, unblemished, sacrificial lamb for our sins, Jesus was swaddled one final time. This time, however, to keep his body in close contact with the herbs and spices needed to preserve his body from decay. That's the last time that he was ever swaddled. This time, however, the story ends with the swaddling clothes being left behind in the tomb, set aside by the risen Christ. He broke the power of the swaddling clothes, its trappings, its bindings, its limitations, and emerged into complete and total freedom. As a result, today, we also have been freed from this fallen world's trappings, bindings, and limitations. That's what the Bible says. God has caused us to be born anew to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, and kept in heaven for you. First Peter chapter 1 verses 3 and 4. Again we read, God has raised us up with Jesus and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 2, 6 and 7. Therefore, my brothers and sisters here at Midland Free, We who are gods, regardless of our present struggles and sufferings and bindings and trappings and and limitations, can look forward to the day when we will leave behind all that currently binds us. Looking around the congregation, as I said, some of you are struggling. Illness, job loss, marital problems, problems with children, having lost loved ones this year. They're all real. But he, we have a person who understands all of that, who has experienced all of that. And that's the good news of the gospel. And that's the best news for all of us on this Christmas. You know, on the internet, I found a very good closing for this sermon. It says this, and that's my prayer and blessing for you. Regardless of what you are going through today, during the holiday season, may you be filled with the wonder of Mary, the obedience of Joseph, the joy of the angels, the eagerness of the shepherds, the determination of the Magi, and the peace of Christ the child. And may the Almighty God, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit bless you this day 
and forevermore. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to us as fully God and fully man. Experiencing all that we experience in this fallen world. Father, it's hard to imagine what life would have been if he had not come, if he had not sent him. That we would still be dead in our transgressions and our sins, unable to respond in any way to you. So thank you, God the Father, for sending Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming to, coming to us. And thank you for the Holy Spirit who calls us to repentance, who encourages us, who edifies us, who, who, who guides us, leads us, convicts us. So that as we sang earlier, that we will fall on our knees and worship you. Great King, great God, great Savior. In whose name we pray. Amen.